0: this show is being recorded from the top of mount everest i just have to get this last peg hammered in and Uh uh-oh the peg broke
1: no famous lines from any famous films were quoted during the making of this podcast inconceivable welcome to the undersea world of Jacques Cousteau today the calypso and its crew wait
0: what hold it hold it you're in the wrong place Jacques security get this guy out of here Uh, take his skull cap with him what's oh
2: hello who are you? I'm, I'm Bad Brad Burkwood, your interview
0: for this episode. Oh, gosh. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. That's right. Nice to meet you, Brad. My brother is nowhere to be found. Oh, hey, guys. Hey, look, it's Bad Brad Burkwood. You made it.
1: Hey, who was the French guy with the skull cap?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know, but uh, he looked a lot like you, right? Really? Was he wearing this? A-, a skull cap? Really? <laughs> <sighs> Alright, let's get on with it. Hello and welcome to Pull Yourself to Pieces the podcast. Today we have a special guest in the studio with us. He's a best-selling author, a journalist, a 20-year veteran. Everybody, please welcome Bad Brad Berkwit. <laughs> hello, Brad. But how are you? All right. We're good. We're good. We're great. So first
1: let me say, hello, fellow New Yorker. Yes. Um, New Rochelle, New York. That's that's almost what we used to call upstate from Long Island. <laughs> 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 yes, home
2: definitely... the a Dick Van Dyke show.
1: <laughs> that's right. New Rochelle, right? The other the other famous uh, New Rochelle place. Oh, is that true? Yeah, Dick Van Dyke was supposedly yeah. uh that's where they lived in New Rochelle. Yeah, New
0: Rochelle. I never realized that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And, and I've heard that for years. Upstate New York, it's only 20 minutes. I think it's <laughs> north of the Bronx, but, but it's <laughs> yep. close enough yep. to deal with the traffic. And and I mean close enough to smell it and yep. far enough to deal with the traffic. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So you um, got to go
0: up actually so, pretty far, like Poughkeepsie. I think that's where they even that you talk to somebody from Poughkeepsie, even they will be like, no, that's not upstate yet. <laughs> it's got to get a little further. Right. Thank you.
1: How far do you got to go, Albany? Anyway, so
2: <laughs> Buffalo.
0: um, Buffalo. yeah,
1: right. So uh, raised in Florida. So what was that like?
2: Interesting. Um, I was born in 68. And when my parents separated in 1975, they divorced. I moved oh, to Florida. Yeah, moved. To, that was a good thing. Moved to Florida in, in 1975 and lived on Miami Beach with my dad. In the day of the Snowbirds, I'm sure you guys know what Snowbirds are. Sure, absolutely. oh yeah, yeah, we know. So, yeah. which the Miami Beach of my youth is no longer there. Um, it's, it's sadly gone. Sure, but oh, uh, sorry. I loved it back then. It was it was great. You had the, you know you had the Italian restaurants, so that covered half of my my heritage, and they had the Jewish restaurants, and it covered the a- other half. So you get the specials. You know the early bird special, so it was yeah, a great right, thing. right,
1: <laughs> absolutely, oh, yeah. yeah, smart,
2: but yeah, I love it. Right.
1: So you, you're you're a Navy man. You were um, you you were in the service, um, military intelligence.
2: Correct. I was in the Navy for, as I say, and people always say, really, twenty years. And wow. 28 in 28 days. Don't forget the 28 days. Exactly. It's 20 in right. 28. Days. My DD214 says 20 years and 20 days. And the reason that is cuz people laughing like come on man, really? I'm like no, really. I got credit for all that. I came in September 2nd, 1986 through Fort Hamilton, Brooklyn MEPS or Brooklyn, you know, Fort Hamilton in Brooklyn. And sure. I retired September 30th, 2006 because your retirement goes to the end of the month. And then October one, I picked up that first yeah. retirement paycheck. Were you drafted or did you just go volunteer? Really? You know, the draft has been gone since I think 1970,
1: maybe nine. Oh, so you signed up. Right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I volunteered. Selective okay. service. Everybody is selective service now.
1: Well, good for you. So, um, so military intelligence. Worked in military intelligence yeah, all over the world. Um,
0: you know, you know what I want to know, like, you know, all, all. Kidding aside, you know, like, did you ever go to Area Fifty <laughs> <laughs> so, One?
2: Like, I could. You know, that's what I've been asked that question for. No, I was never involved in that part of the intelligence. But I, I think, wish I could have went think, to Area think... Fifty One.
1: I think that's Air Force, Billy. You're thinking Air Force. Think okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, how about this? Ask him, if, ask him if he's ever been to
0: Guam. That's what you, Have you ever been you know to what? the Bermuda <laughs> Triangle?
2: Yeah,
0: I know, <laughs> I, but
2: I've seen many specials on it, especially Leonard Nimoy's old In Search Of. To oh, the, went to the oh yes. Right? When well, yes. they talked about it. But uh, yes. I went to the other G place, and that was Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. I was stationed uh-huh. there in, in 1995, and believe it or not, it's the only... Uh, base, Navy base, on communist soil. Now you can't leave the base and go into, you know, uh, you know, take a ferry and go into anywhere else in Cuba. But we actually had people from Guantanamo Bay City come in every day and work on the base through a ferry. And we had people that lived on the base that left when Castro took over. I want to say what, what was it, fifty nine, or thereabouts. Yeah, and they, like that. yeah, they lived on. They lived on the base, the same base that I was on. So I I was in Cuba for a while. The real Cuba. Not the you can't handle the truth movie version with Jack Nicholson, which was bullshit. Love it. (laughs) I'm
0: sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, it's okay. Okay. You must have been in a lot of places over 20 years,
2: no? I was. I was. uh, I was... I started out first tour was in um, Pensacola, Florida. Uh And then I changed fields. Uh, My first four years I did something else and then I got into intelligence. And first... Uh, duty station out of school was Sigonella, Sicily. I got there in May of 90, and uh, it wasn't in my contract, but October of 90, Papa Bush decided we were going to war, so I had to uh, engage uh-huh. in, in, in country, the Gulf War, uh, working for what was called a defense courier service, and I was fl- not me flying as a pilot, but I was classifying, I was delivering classified material that would go to the front lines uh, all over. I mean, I've been to countries. I can't even tell you all the countries because most of them, yeah. all I saw was the, the landing strip. So I was there. <laughs>
1: right. Right. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't get to sightsee very much, did you? No, no not very right. much. And and they. No. And I was
2: so. And I was so heavily armed. They gave me a 38 that I carried in my flight suit. And I used to tell them they're shooting with like machine guns. What am I supposed to do? Tortoise at them? What am I? What am I doing with this <laughs> gun here? It's like I'm shooting one time to get mad at me. <laughs> what the
1: heck? <laughs> Yeah, what were they expecting? Hand to hand combat with you with that little exactly, gun?
0: Exactly. And he was carrying classified materials. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah to, right. boot.
1: <laughs> to boot. yeah. Uncle Sam should have taken better care of you, my friend. I agree. I, I, I agree. Would, yeah, with I was
2: young things. then. I was I was young. I could run faster.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah we all could. Yeah. So, <laughs> but so yeah, you, there. So, in, go ahead. So you were in Sicily. That's interesting because Billy and I are both half Sicilian. So that's yes. okay. I won't hold it against you. you, you. Might have run. You might have run into some of our relatives, for all we know.
2: I may. I may, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you what. Your relatives make some great pizzas over there. Because the best food I ever had was in Sicily. I went there a, a twenty-nine waist and left a thirty-two.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. See. He left with more than he got there with. That's exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: See, that's that's the that's the way you're supposed to go. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So let's talk about. Your boxing career. So, you were an amateur boxer between 1980 and 83. What weight class?
2: I started at 80 pounds, paperweight, as they used to call me. Oh, my God. And by the time I got done in 83, I was 106 pounds.
1: Holy mackerel. Is that where you got the nickname bad?
2: No, I got the nickname bad actually as a journalist in the year 2000 from a ring announcer. And his name was Henry is, I should say, still with us, Henry Discombobulating Jones. Now, discombobulating (laughs) was Howard Cosell used to say that. when He said, he's he's discombobulated. And that's the nickname Henry that. And so he gave me that nickname. And the reason why I got the nickname was I used to be at ringside, used to dress up really well with a suit. And I interacted with everybody there, which is my personality. And I always treated the fighters with a lot of respect um because I was a fighter at one time and as well when I sure, did my interviews right. when I did my interviews I never took them out of context I always asked them questions that weren't normal questions I always wanted to know about them and always let them be heard in their own words so he said you know you you're bad that's that's a bad thing A bad as in good oh, thing okay. that you're doing it. and then it, it. yeah then it and then it stuck so when I I recently did um Anthony Scaramucci's uh yes, radio I, show I saw that <laughs> Yeah, Mooch FM, and he asked me about the bad, too, and I said, and I got a tattoo on my arm, so when I go on to the next life, you know, I get up to the pearly gates, they'll they'll be able to identify me with the nickname on my arm and the gloves, and Anthony so eloquently said... Brad, the closest you're getting to heaven is purgatory and I'll be there with you. <laughs> which my which my better half Debbie thought that was hysterical because yeah. she's been I've always said, look, if I go before you, I'll put in a word for you. Yeah. And she said, Good luck with that. Good, good luck.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So that's where that came from.
1: Yeah. If if anybody's gonna if anybody's gonna have a date with the devil, it's definitely gonna be the mooch. But I think <laughs> I, I think he has redeemed himself. He has. He, uh, he he really I would has. say he's redeemed. Yes, he 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 learned the error of his ways and he's come to the light.
0: Yes. Um yes.
1: And, and we need as much help as we can get.
0: Yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Um well, yeah, that's
2: where the bad came from.
1: Yeah. Well that's good to know because I, I would I would I would hate to think that somebody stuck you with that. And, uh, you know, because that, that could be a, that, you, know, you wouldn't want to know my nickname growing up. My, my nickname, my mother used to call me son of a bitch bastard. And, um, and it would stop, just, roll stop, stop. I
2: got it. Wait, wait, I got it. I got to stop you. Are you kidding me? My grandmother, my Italian Nona, Aurora Campanella, God rest her soul. That's yeah. what she used to call me when I would, whenever I wouldn't listen. She oh. said, "You son of a bitch bastard." I said, yeah. how uh-huh. do you put that all together like that?" Yeah. It's uh-huh. a, it would roll really right off a tongue. Yes, and she didn't curse. That was the only thing that she said. She wouldn't say the yeah. f word. She wouldn't say. She wouldn't say you know, <laughs> no. gd, which is the only, yeah. I you know I curse like a sailor, but the one thing I don't say is gd. But she yeah. would say, "You son of a bitch bastard!" I told you to come in the house at eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. They learned that. They learned that early on. You used a
0: bitch. For them. <laughs> yeah, didn't they use that English. a lot in
2: that, that movie, yeah. uh, Johnny Dangerously? They used that a lot. One of the yes, the characters yes, they did, they did, yes, yep. they did. <laughs> yeah, what memories?
0: So you right. boxed in your youth. Did you did you do any more boxing later on? Or
2: no, only only boxing I did later on was uh, just to work out to get in shape. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, a- eighty three was it? What happened was. I actually, and it was great because I went out on a win. My best fight was my last fight, but I was putting more emphasis on boxing than I was scholastics. And my father, who supported me all the way, said, "You know, Bradley, that's it. You're putting too much emphasis on the boxing. Yeah, and uh, you, you got to, you know, pay attention to your, your your scholastics." And and he was right. I, I needed to, but the love yeah. for the sport um, preceded that. It started in 1975 because of my father, and it's still there. I mean, we'll get into the boxing. Whenever you guys want to talk about it, but, um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, that, that's how that's that it ended in '83 because I was putting more emphasis on the boxing than I was school.
1: Yeah, and so you've been actually a boxing journalist what since '97, nineteen ninety seven. Correct. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm 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 guessing that a lot of what you had to talk about were the Tyson years, basically, right? Pretty much. Or did you go back all the way? No, I went back to the the 70s.
2: Yeah. I was seven in 1975. So, you know, in the the 70s, which was the heyday of like the light heavyweight, 70 and 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Like the light heavyweight, um, uh, the heyday of the the light heavyweight for me. I mean, it was a golden era with just great fighters.
1: Oh, yeah. You
2: know, Tyson turned pro in 85. So I was, uh, that was a year before I joined the Navy. So I followed it from 75 on. Uh, is when I fought, so I could I could talk pretty in uh, in depth from those years on.
1: Well, I um I go back a few years before you, and I remember okay. Ali seemed like he was fighting at least once a month. <laughs> uh, you know, ABC's Wide World of Sports. There'd always be an Ali fight, and they stood everybody up in front of this guy. I mean, seriously, Ern, you know, Ernie Shavers. Uh, Kenny Norton. Uh, they they put everybody up. Uh, you know the the bleeder Jerry Cooney. They stuck everybody up in Jerry front of Quarry. this guy, Jerry Quarry, man, Jerry Jerry, yeah. Jerry Quarry, and mm-hmm. you know he just he just beat down everybody, and then yeah. and then <laughs> Leon Spinks shows up, and oop, that's an upset. Nobody expected yeah. that one, but that didn't. Well, he didn't, didn't, train, he didn't
2: train for that fight. I mean, no, he fought him no, in and February. And by in September, they did the rematch. Ollie didn't didn't train for the fight. But, yep. but going back to some of the names that you just said, uh, yeah. uh, Kenny Norton, God rest his soul, a very good friend of mine, yep. Ernie Shavers too. Kenny was his yep. spoiler because I'll be honest with you. I loved Ali. Huh. You know, he, the first fight, he broke Ali's jaw and he yep. won. Second fight was a closer decision. The third fight, which was at Yankee Stadium in 1976, I think Kenny beat him. I think I, And I think uh, Kenny got robbed huh. in that third fight.
1: That's possible. That's very possible. Interesting. And he was past what his prime you- by then.
2: Ali, was, yeah. you know, Ali should have retired after the thriller in Manila in 75 after that war with George Frazier.
1: What was your first thought when you saw George Foreman 1.0? Did you think at that point this is the end of Muhammad? Because, good God, that guy was scary. I mean, he was big, he was strong, he was muscular, and he looked no nonsense. And I remember seeing him the first... And he, He seemed to come out of nowhere. I mean, the George Foreman name was, I don't remember hearing it, and all of a sudden, here's George Foreman fighting Muhammad Ali, and I
2: really thought, this is the end. Do you remember that fight? Did you see it? I do, and and it was the days of, now. I was very young. It was the days of when you would go to a movie theater and see it on close circuit, not not, uh, your TV, which was great because you'd be around a bunch of other people. Uh, as long as they weren't obnoxious drunks, it was it was a fun night. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, I was right. young and uh, older I, when I was a teenager and older When my father, went through some close circuit. But if, if people say, oh, I I knew Muhammad Ali was going to win. You know, that's like saying you knew. I mean, seriously, it was like people say, oh, Donald Trump was going to win. Very few <laughs> people gave Ali a chance because George. I mean, what George Foreman did to Joe Frazier when, when the famous down goes Frazier, Howard Cosell. I mean, he lifted him off the ground, you know, So <laughs> yeah. nobody expected Ali to do what he did. And that rope-a-dope, you know, yeah. in, in honesty from, from uh, to be honest, I don't think it was a good strategy. I know it tired him out, but let's, let's put it in perspective for your boxing guy. You, you'll, you'll, you follow on this. Yeah. though so he did the rope-a-dope you still were taking punches on your arms, on your yeah. side from a man that yeah. could knock the building down. So even though you were taking the punishment and holding your arms up, you were still yeah. taking a beating. And I'm sure that it helped with the Parkinson's because he took a Ali oh, took a beating yeah. in that fight before he stopped him. It was it was yeah. by no means George Foreman didn't do anything in that fight.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, he, yeah. he definitely took its toll on Ali with that fight. Yeah.
2: But no, I, then, I was I was surprised when Ali knocked him out. Yes.
0: Oh, we all were. I mean, we all were. I, how did you handle any injuries in in your days? I
2: to be honest with you, knock on I'm knocking on my desk here. It's actually real wood. Uh, I didn't have anything. I had I never even got a nosebleed. Nothing. I never That's got excellent. cut. Awesome. Uh, you know, we, uh, granted, you know, we wore headgear. Not that you can't still get punched in the face, sure. but we had headgear. Yeah. yeah. We had you know heavier gloves, but. Uh, um, I never I never sustained any injuries. Now, after a fight, because your adrenaline is so bumped, you'd feel like, oh man, my shoulder, my this or that. <laughs> you know, for punches you took that you didn't feel in the ring. But right. knock on wood, I never I never got cut and I never bled.
1: Well, good for you. That's, yeah, good. Yeah. That's
2: good. But you know, you had mentioned somebody, Jerry Quarry, for example. Um yeah. where he, you know, he had he died, which is a very sad thing, and it's actually something that I've been fighting for uh, more of my a- more active days of boxing, covering it, uh, a retirement fund for boxers, Jerry Quarry, um, suffered from pugilistic dementia. And a lot of fighters, it's punches to the head, suffer from that. They don't know who they are. They have to be taken care sure. of. And, you know, yeah. these these are tough guys. And, and boxing, if you're not aware or your viewers aren't aware, is the only professional sport, baseball, football, um, what am I missing, basketball, hockey, they have retirement funds. Boxing does not have a retirement fund. And uh-huh. people get enamored with the Oscar De La Hoya's and the Floyd Mayweather's of the money they're yeah. making, which is a lot of money. But for every Floyd Mayweather, I can show you 200 fighters that are barely making a living doing this and are working yeah. a part time, right. uh, working a full time yeah. job on top
0: of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. It's, right. You don't yeah, think it's about true. that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All those guys. That's
1: true. Wow. And then, and then you got George Foreman 2.0 who shows up 20 years later, this, this cherubic face, this great grin. You're thinking that's not the killer that we saw 20 years ago. And he's selling, he's selling charcoal grills or he's selling his knockout the fat grill. (laughs) Yeah, actually. Yep. Was that the greatest thing? I mean, did, did America rally around him or did they not? I mean, it was amazing. He, he and he was what 53 when he started his comeback fighting again for his he, church
2: he was, he was actually he actually he last fight i believe it was in Puerto Rico he fought jimmy young and he lost a decision he took not 20 years off he took 10 years off so he came okay. back and he came back in 87 and i want to say i could be wrong but i think he was 37 when he came back because i believe when he won the title in 94 and he knocked out michael moore uh, which was a shocker I wanna say, because he was the oldest heavyweight then. I think he was might have been forty-four when he won the title the second time. But I I interviewed George for my book, as you mentioned in the opening boxing interviews of Lifetime. And somebody was smart because if you know, if you remember George the first time around, he wasn't the nicest guy. He didn't want to no. talk press. He he really actually he was more of a jerk than anything. Somebody yeah. got with George, I think, I honestly think. And he's a sweetheart, but I think somebody got with him and said, George, you gotta go this way. Because you'll adhere right. yourself as an older right. older fighter, you know, you yeah. you're doing the grill thing, and you know, he made more money off the grill, I think, than he ever made in the ring. Yeah, and, probably. Um, hey, you know, I'm hey, God sure. bless him. And it's and it's a I lot safer one. too. And it's a lot safer, <laughs> right? And it's actually, believe it or not, it's a decent grill. I've, I've used one. Yeah, it works <laughs> here. It, it does, works. it really <laughs> works. <laughs> it really works. But I, I think a publicist got with him and said, Hey, you got to go this way. And he did. He indeed he kissed babies. He was like a politician. He yeah, kissed babies yeah. and he signed autographs and he came back and he won the title uh again, yeah. which was unheard of. And yeah. uh he he had a second act and God bless him for it.
1: Yeah. He gave he gave a lot of hope to a lot of people that were down and out and thought, hey, if George can do it, I can do it. He did.
2: He did. The one thing yeah. though I didn't like is he had some fighters come back that should have never come back. George no, was that's special. True. George was special. He didn't take a lot of punishment in his first career. I mean, he was only knocked. His only loss was to Ali and then Jimmy Young. But I mean, yeah. that was the only knockout. Jimmy Young t- took a decision because he was, yeah. he was you know not a heavy puncher. So um, George didn't take a lot of punishment in his first career. So people don't realize when he came back, you know, that uh, yeah. uh, he wasn't beaten up. Yeah. And he never lost his power. His po- He was slower, but he never lost that power when he hit yeah. you. Yeah. And when he hit you, it was goodnight, Irene.
0: Guys, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we'll be right back after this. This is Bill. And this is Ray. And you're listening to Pull Yourself to Pieces.
1: The podcast that finds the humor from the inside and out. Catch a brand new episode
0: every Wednesday.
1: Every Wednesday? Wait, every week? Well... You expect me here every single week to do this? Are you serious? I have things to do. I've got library books I got. I got to wash my
0: car. Are you serious? You can't be here just to record once a week? All right. Whew.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden, this kid that nobody heard of, Mike Tyson comes on the scene, and I, I, think, I think he almost ruined the sport of boxing because at that point, really, he was known as One Minute Mike. Oh, I mean, how many that, times yeah. could you knock somebody out in a minute over and over again, and not become uh, just a, a, a character of yourself. I mean, what would you think of when you first saw him?
2: Well, I, what I, I actually—I don't completely agree with that. I I liked him at—I I liked him because I, he was fighting so regularly, you know. And it's something that you don't see in boxing today. I mean, he, he had you know ten. He, of course, he fought the, the lesser opposite. I'd never call a fighter a bum because anybody gets in the ring, they have they have chutzpah. So, sure. but he was fighting, you yeah. know, weaker opposition to build up his, his record. Sure. And, yeah. you know, he's knocking, like you say, he was knocking everybody out. And then he meets a guy that I actually know, a, a good friend of mine, uh, who I managed for a little while in his, uh, personal, in his personal career, not professional. Cause he was a fighter when I was a kid and I actually met him at the same gym years before he, his first, uh, May 3rd, 1986, he goes 10 rounds with James Quick and Quick was a top 10 fighter. Actually, he was number I one. It yeah, yeah, I t- remember Billis. yeah. Yep. So that was his first fight that went the distance. So Quick laid a blueprint. It, it was a close fight. I had a 6-4 for Mike. Uh, I think two judges had a 6-4. One had an 8-2. 8-2 was a ridiculous decision. Mike didn't win that much. And he did drop him, or it might have been a draw. He, dro- he dropped Quick in it. But Quick laid the blueprint of how to beat Mike by staying on the outside and boxing him, which is what Buster Douglas wind up doing in, in February of 1990 yep. Yep, and, and yep. you know, beating them. Uh, that, and that was the biggest upset in, ever in history Oh boxing, yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Oh. I, if I would, I think he was 42 to one, I would have, I wouldn't be doing this today if I would have bet on that fight. If you bet on that fight. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But no, I liked them. You know? Yeah. If you went to the refrigerator, the fight was over. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what it was. And it was all pay-per-view, yeah. but, but you know, in fairness to Mike, uh, he was doing what he was supposed to do. He was a, but once the, the aura of invincibility was off of him, when Douglas did what he did, people weren't scared of him because Mike intimidated fighters and made them poop in their pants before they ever came yep. in the ring. Wow. And that was, yep. he got in their head. And to be honest with you, that's what Ali used to do. Ali was brilliant at it. Ali wasn't a huge puncher. He wasn't. No, he Ernie wasn't. Shavers. No, he wasn't. Actually, you mentioned Ernie Shavers. Ernie yeah. Shavers is the hardest hitting heavyweight. In my opinion of them all. When Ernie hits you, it was twice Good Night Irene. But oh, man. Mike intimidated fighters forever. Look at Michael Spinks yeah. in 1988. He was scared before he ever got in the ring. 93 seconds later, he yeah. was out of the ring.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah it, it but just, I, I like Mike. I like yeah. Mike. I, you know, he got with Don King. I'm not a fan of Don King. Um, but, and then Mike screwed, screwed up his life in, in other areas. It looks like he yeah. has a second act.
1: Yeah. Uh, right. yeah. He's had a second yeah, act. Yeah, second too. act.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know a second act, you know. But people forget that uh, before Mike got in trouble, that you know he was doing commercials for the police department. He was doing Pepsi commercials. If you go if you go to YouTube, your viewers, you'll see him doing Pepsi commercials. I mean national commercials. Yeah. You know people forget that. But uh, I enjoyed him. I was in boot camp when he knocked out um, for the title. He was the youngest heavyweight uh, champion ever. He knocked out Trevor Burbick in a second round. Oh my God! That guy went day. down
1: like a like a redwood tree. Holy yep. mackerel!
2: Yep. So no, I enjoyed him. I enjoyed him.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. he
2: took it. He took it to the next level where the pay per views were. You know, where the fighters were able to make that kind of money, and that was Mike Tyson that did that.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So, so you decided to, to make a book. Ah, I was going to ask that box, question. I'm
0: glad you boxing
1: it interviews of a lifetime, and obviously the book is self explanatory. So how many fighters?
0: did you get to interview? And I'm also curious, like how long did it take to like get that material together? How many years?
2: Questions. Okay. So to the first question, it was, it was from um, about 90 from 97. We put the book together in um, what was it? 2002. So it was okay. a compilation of interviews over a, a five year period. Wow. Okay. So, and at that time I was, and this is the days of when you would do it on the phone And you had to transcribe them. So, you know, I I do my interviews. on Zoom. So if if I had a long-winded interviewee, it took a long time to transcribe those interviews. But it it was was, was a compilation of five years of interviews. And it was, I mean, some of the fighters you've already named, Ernie Shavers, Kenny Norton, Chuck Webner, who Rocky is based on. And the first interview I ever did out the gate was actually my favorite fighter of all time, which is, Aaron the Hawk Pryor. He was a junior welterweight champion of the world. I remember Aaron Pryor. Yeah, I remember that name. Yeah, he fought Alexis Arguello twice, who was my number two favorite fighter. So my number one fighter, the very first interview I ever did in 1997, I met a guy who was a friend of his, and he set me up and we did the interview. But what I did in the book was, uh, I also put celebrities in there uh, and boxing people, but it was all about boxing. For example, I interviewed... Uh, Joey Bishop from the Rat Pack, who was a huge boxing fan. I uh-huh, interviewed yeah. uh, Buddy, Buddy Hackett, the comedian, as you, you guys yep. know. He yeah. loved yeah, boxing. Um, uh, who else did I have in there? Jerry Vale. Uh, I did an interview with Italian singer, Jerry Vale, who loved it so much. His neighbor in Beverly Hills at the time was Al Martino from The Godfather and a very sure. famous Italian singer, played Johnny Fontaine. Yes. I get a yes. phone call. I'm cutting the grass. This is not in 2000 and uh, – when was that? 2000 and – no, it was 2000. No, it was 2000. Years go by so quick. I think it was 2000. <laughs> it was 2000. Yeah, they do. Years I, they go by. And it's amazing because, you know, I'm not old like you guys. I'm 26. So <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get a phone call and, and my ex-wife at the, uh, now – Says, hey, Al Martino's on the phone. I am like, yeah, right. I am sure, right, <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. the old, hey, is your refrigerator running? You better go out yeah. and catch it. You know, well, which which do one of else? my buddies is trying to pull the wall Yeah, wool right. Over my Al Martino, because yeah. everybody knew I loved The Godfather and all the posters and house And sure, sure enough, it was Al Martino, and he's like, hey, look, you know, Jerry Vale said he did an interview with you, and he's a good friend of mine, and I like boxing and would you like to do an interview with me? I'm like, do i like to do an interview with you. Just like saying, is the Pope Catholic? Of yeah. course I want to do an interview with you. Yeah. So, you know, he was one of my favorites. He, cause he went, you know, back to the Rocky Marciano and all of those type of fighters. And Jerry Vale was ringside at um, the tragic fight between Emil Griffin and Benny, the kid Parade, where he hit the, the, um, the ring buckle um, and hit his head. And he died. Oh, boy. So, you know, these guys were there from the, you know, the forties, the fifties, sure. they knew Rocky Graziano, sure. yeah. they knew Jake LaMotta and so that was the angle uh, and it was it did really really well in the boxing world and uh wow now it's uh, it's now it's 22 years it will be 22 years later next year wow um, is it still available can can you get it on Amazon it's, it's still yeah you still can it's if you if you go to you get at wholesale save some money I always tell people save a few fuzzles go to um <laughs> authorhouse authorhouse.com and you can order it there I'm it's the, online at all of them. Amazon. Well, I'm, it's I'm, it's all it's everywhere.
1: I'm gonna buy it because I was a you know again a big boxing fan and I bet those interviews are just awesome.
2: I mean yeah it, it was be. some it was some you know great guys and it's it's so humbling to interview these guys because you know when we get older we're now all the fighters are younger than me but when I was growing up they obviously they were all older than me so I right, looked up true. to these guys you know right. yeah uh, you know uh, you know Kenny Norton and, and Ernie and George and and yeah. uh, you know all these guys and then you know. Guys that I watch modern day, Shane Mosley, Fernando Vargas, you know, and people like that. So it, it was an honor to to bring their voices, you know, their words and their their voices and not um, taking them out of context. And a lot of them, they stayed friends. That's what, that was what was sad. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk about my induction, but that's what was sad um, when I was naming a lot of the people that I think that helped me get to where. I yeah. was, you know, inducted into the Florida Boxing Hall of Fame. Well, that's, a lot of that's them sadly I'm, aren't here anymore. anymore Right.
1: Well, that's what that's what I want to talk about next. So, tell us about that. Um, obviously, uh, I I don't take this the wrong way, but it wasn't for your boxing career. So, it was definitely for the book. So, how did this
2: come about? It was actually for my my journalist in broadcasting. It was for that. Okay. Yeah. yeah no. Sure. I, no. The, this your boxing. The ring, was only three years. You
0: your inspiration for the the Ringside Report and and how that came about.
2: Okay. Which one which one do you want me to answer first? Which I think we should. One. Whatever Go in order, right? Whatever you whatever. want.
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: okay. Sure. All right. All right. So yeah, so the ringside report, that's fine. And we'll talk about the, the um the okay. That was yeah. part of. So ringside report, I started I got tired of uh, writing for other websites, and I'm the type that is very creative. And I like when I have people writing for me to give them um their own voice. So they they sure. they have complete creative control. And I didn't have complete creative control over what I wanted to do. So I was like, you know what? I want to start my own website. So I did it. Got it. Yep. And we started in 2000. I started in 2004, registered business, ringsidereport.com. We became known as the heart of boxing. Uh, and we started strictly boxing. Then we ventured into MMA. I'm not really a big MMA fan, but I understood the business and it had to be covered because I had viewer readers at, at that time that enjoyed the sport. I have covered it. A cage side, but it's 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 too brutal for me. It's not the same sport.
0: Oh, it is brutal. Right? It's, yeah, it's oh. brutal. I mean you can kick
2: elbows, knees, and you know, wow. slam to the thing. It's, it's just yeah. it's not my thing. I, I respect them for getting in the cage and doing it, but it's not my sport. So over the years, uh I'm always try to be somebody to reinvent myself and try to be a uh, separate from the rest of the pack. So we started in doing entertainment, and then when Trump took over <laughs> I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to bring people in to give them voices, so we got into politics and world news. So right now it's an online magazine, so you have yeah. boxing, MMA, sports, entertainment, uh, politics, world news, science news. It's a whole whole different uh, vibe than when I first started it. Yeah, you. But, you just uh, seventeen evolved years with the later, times, yeah, it, it evolved, I evolved with the times, correct? Yeah, and, and a lot of people that didn't evolve with the times that just st- stayed with boxing because boxing. Is a, it's not the same. I, I will always love it, and I will always have respect for the, the men and women that get in a ring, but it's not the same sport. It's been bastardized by everything being put on pay-per-view that doesn't belong on pay-per-view. Certain fights, yeah. yes, I will have yeah. no problem paying, but sure. everything now is pay-per-view. Huh. And then when you have these these internet sensations, these um, uh, Paul brothers, I think it's Jake and, Jake and Logan Paul, I think their names are, one of them fought uh, Floyd Mayweather in an exhibition and made like a $100 million because he's got like 800, 800 gazillion followers on YouTube. That's bastardizing a sport. Yes, it was an yep. exhibition, but then you had Floyd Mayweather who went to 50-0, and 0, Floyd Mayweather Jr., who went to 50-0 fighting Conor McGregor, an MMA champion who never had a professional fight, who Floyd, the fight was fixed. He carried him for, I think, 10 rounds, 11 rounds, I think it was 10 rounds, and he knocked him out when he wanted to. So you know, I still love this sport, but I don't cover it as much as I used to because of the direction it's, it's went in. So, but Ringside Report again, 17 years, and it's ringside report just like it sounds.com. Uh,
0: let's take a break for a bit. Don't go nowhere. Do you need to get
1: more fiber in your diet and want to help clean up overextended landfills? Then go to your local grocery store and pick up a box of Fibroblast. Fibroblast contains ground-up bits of cardboard, corn cobs, eggshells, and coconut skin. Just fill up a bowl, add some olive oil, and dig in. Your colon will never be the same. Find Fibroblast in the liquid plumber
2: aisle. Now, the Florida Boxing Hall of Fame was for broadcasting and journalism uh, from 1997 to present day. Uh, as you guys said, I did interviews, but from 2000 to 2012, I was a boxing analyst on a sports show on News Channel 8 with a host, a good friend of mine named Glenn Harris, and it was it was a 30-minute show, and once a month, he'd bring me on to be his boxing analyst, and we'd have talking points, and then I'd take live callers' questions, which was fun, in the studio, was, except we had to tell them. Was, was that out of Florida? No, that was in, no, that was, that was while I was in the military. I didn't, I was a journalist oh. while I was in the military. So I did that. Oh, really? and, uh, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was a poster child for, for the, uh, <laughs> the upper, upper chain of command because they loved it because of the fact that they would, and, and I'll get back to the the, the uh, broadcast in a minute, but they yeah. loved that because I was a poster child because they could tell people, look at this guy. He's in the military, he's in the Navy, but he's doing a whole separate thing, which I did, you know, I covered boxing, I went to fights, you know, all up and down the East Coast. Uh, When I was in Korea, I've covered boxing all over Korea. I don't even know half the places they took me to. And and this had nothing to do with the military. This is all on the side. Yeah. Yeah, but
0: the interest was there.
2: The interest on was both, there, so on both parts. Uh, I, yeah. Right, in both parts. The, the Navy covered me. They wrote a lot of articles on me in the That's different awesome. Navy magazines because I was, you know, I, it enticed people to show them that hey, it's not what you think. It's not just your, I mean, yes, you're in the military twenty four seven, but you can have was, a life outside of the military.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was it was a great it was great for induction for them.
2: Yeah. You got that right. You got that yeah. right. I should have, yeah. I, should have got a, I should have got a cut of that. And, yeah, I, was, and I was made a recruiter. commission. You should have got a commission for everybody that right. they brought in. Exactly, exactly. Everybody that came in. He was carrying so, around yeah, classified
0: right. He was carrying classified material. That's you know, that was, yeah, that was, that was no that was
2: during the war. That, yeah, no, there was no boxing covered there. That was yeah. the only time when yeah. I didn't cover boxing. Yeah, those, those were war. boxing magazines he was carrying around there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I tell you what though, during the war though during the Gulf War, when we had some off time and I went to a city called Terramina, which is a resort area to a nightclub, I met one of the greatest fighters that ever stepped in a ring. And I met him. Oh. Somebody, I got introduced, and somebody said, I could pick up on your New York accent. I'm like, Yeah. He said, Well, you know, we were talking, and I don't know how boxing came up. I said, Oh, yeah. And the person said, I'm going to take you on the other side and I'm introduce you to somebody, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. I said, Okay, fine. I probably know who it is. They said, Yeah, you will. You're going to be in shock. They take me to the other side of the nightclub, and it was an open night, open air nightclub. Wasn't big, big dance floor, bars all around, beautiful. You could see the ocean. And sitting in a bleacher, this gentleman had black dress pants, white shirt, white dinner jacket, and a necklace with a big, thick gold boxing glove. And then on the boxing glove, he had his initials, M M H. M- you know who that is?
1: M, 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 H.
2: He just died, sadly. No, no,
1: no marvelous Marvin Hagler.
2: Marvelous Marvin. Oh, Marvin,
1: I remember Hagler. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh my! Introduce me I to him. you. Were, no, I great. thought You were going to say Larry? Larry Holmes?
2: <laughs> no, no, I no, I interviewed I had, I interviewed Larry when I did a podcast show years later. No, and and I spent the, half the night talking to him, but he filled me. He, he was filling me out to see if I knew the sport. I told him his record, his losses, the whole nine. He was like, you know oh, your wow. stuff. But he kept trying to talk to me in Italian. And I'm like, I only know the curse words. So <laughs> because he, married, how was, did, he how because he married an Italian woman. That's why he lived in Italy.
0: And absolutely he here oh. was cursing, you know.
2: Okay. Yeah, he, All right. He married an Italian woman and he was making movies over there with Anthony Quinn's son, Francisco get Francesco. out of here no no look him up on imdb so, yep so there's life after boxing huh That's
0: his life like, after bo- yeah because life, he quit life when after
2: he, boxing life after boxing because his last fight was against sugar ray um and when he lost that fight he, he i never remember that fight again. yeah he never boxed again i remember so, that fight but yeah, yeah so but to tie it back into the broadcasting uh, into the hall yeah. of fame 12 years i was doing analyst stuff so they inducted me off of Ringside Report, uh, off of my interviews, off of my broadcasting side, and it was it was a humbling experience, uh, uh, just an honor of a lifetime to go in there, you know, to get oh, to yeah, the Hall of Fame ring and, and all of that, and be in the museum. And you know, yeah. like I said, in One the, your proudest in the, uh, moments, I bet. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and you know, yeah. it all goes back to my father. My father instilled uh, a love of activism and a love of boxing uh, in me at a young age because he knew fighters. Uh, from the golden age, like uh, Bo Jack and Kid Gavilan. He drove cross country with Rocky Graziano from Miami. Rocky, he meets Rocky Graziano on Miami beach. And he says, Hey Al, drive with me to New York. And I just bought this car. Huh. And my dad said, sure. But the only problem was my dad didn't have a driver's license, but he still drove with him. <laughs> he still drove. He still got behind the wheel <laughs> with them to <in> New York. <laughs> and, and, and as I said, when he got a driver's license, it wasn't much better because he was a horrible driver. Yeah. Oh
1: well. <laughs> well. Yeah, Yeah. So that's
2: how that's how the fall of Boxing Hall of Fame uh came about from the broadcast well, con- the journalist side.
1: Well, congratulations. That is um that is uh that is quite a record you have of um of being in the boxing world. I mean an amateur boxer, you wrote you wrote the book, you you were a boxing journalist, and then you were finally recognized by the Boxing Hall of Fame. That's right. pretty good. I I hope to get recognized by the um, by something somehow at some point. Um, maybe <laughs> yeah. for my you're my gonna great have to keep skill, hoping for that, Ray. My great skill of cooking. Maybe I will get the. Um, I've had you cooking. The, uh, what?
0: I'm not. You might have to keep waiting for that one. But yeah. um, Did the one thing we didn't talk about with Brad I'm is love out here. <laughs> the one thing we didn't talk about with Brad was. Um, his his, uh, his 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 current... show.
2: Tell us about your show. Yes. yes. Okay. Tell us about your current show. Okay. Yes. Well, your viewers can find it if they go to YouTube. Type in Ringside Report Web W E B TV Channel, and you'll find I do several different shows, but the main one is the Bad Brad Burkwood Show. And we started it. Uh, Debbie and I talked about it when we were in Oklahoma because I was doing interviews in print, and as we talked about earlier, I wanted to reinvent myself. So I said, let's take it to the next level. I'm tired of you know typing all out, all these interviews. Let's do it on video. So Debbie was like, sure. It yeah. started out in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where we lived before we moved to uh, Northwest Indiana, and I was interviewing local fighters, MMA people, uh, trainers, stuff like that, and it was strictly sports at that time. Well, when we moved here, uh, we we she got a job. Debbie got a job with BP, and we relocated to. Uh, northwest indiana don't tell anybody
1: and uh no we nobody's listening we only have five yeah. listeners anyway so four, okay <laughs> well
2: I mean, four of them turned me off uh, an hour ago <laughs> i hope not for the one for the one that's listening i don't tell anybody i live in northwest indiana folks right. but right. um, we so we moved out here in 2017 we were doing interviews we, we built a house and I, I made my office a studio office so we we're still doing them and with sports people still, and then COVID hit. So when yeah. COVID hit, yeah. I took a hiatus because I, I want I was doing them in person. And then we like everybody, and I know we talk about it, we were faced every freaking day with Trump on the TV. And yeah. he was driving oh, me nuts. Every like everybody day. else. Yeah. He was making yeah. he was making me verklempt. Yeah. <laughs> and we and we know so, what that means. Exactly. Nice Yiddish words for the Jew- for the Jewish yeah. viewers, because I'm I'm Jewish on the father's side. So yep. I was like, I can't take this. So I'm like, I want to bring the show back. Well, Deb bought Mary L Trump's first book, Too Much and Never Enough, about the, her, her uncle and the family. Yep. So I read it and I said, you know, I did a book review on it, and Mary saw the book review, and it was very, very blunt. Yep. And we somehow we connected on Twitter and we became friendly. And she said, and this was when I was first coming back the show. And I said, you know what? I want to take this in a different direction. Trump, I, I can't, I can't take it. I got to speak out about Trump. I just cannot stand what's going on in the country. So she suggested to me, you need to do zoom interviews. That's it'll open up the world to you. Yeah. And she was my first one in, in September of 2020 at the, you know, at the height of COVID yeah. And I, I took it from there forward into another another direction. So my activism side came out there. I still had musicians on. Not everybody I talk to is politics. You know, Anthony Scaramucci comes on. He's been on four times. Sure. But, right. you know, not everybody talks about politics. And most of the people, I haven't had, any, honestly, anybody on that's a Trump supporter. And I really don't want to have anybody on that's on their side because I, I can't deal with the craziness.
1: Yeah, no, sure. we get you know, it. You know, even though we could,
2: you know, we could go back and forth. I could debate policies with people that I know that are, that are Republicans that aren't crazy and never supported Trump. I got no problems right, with that. Right. I can deal with Republicans that don't support, never supported Trump. Absolutely. We can debate. I have nothing against them, but the the, the against and the, the QAnon, uh, the QOP, as they call it, or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. Uh, yep. I can't,
2: there's, I'm not reaching out. So that's where the show went. So the show went in that direction. Uh, but I've had on, you know, you guys are in the entertainment field. You know, I've had on people like uh, Barney Miller, Hal Linden's been on the show. Yeah, oh, yeah, awesome. we saw. Yeah, we saw. Uh, yeah, I mean, just the absolute sweetheart of a man. Oh, what a career. You know, you know Lanny Kazan and just. So that was the direction that I went in. And that's that's going to be uh, pretty much a direction that I'm going to go in. Because I've interviewed, honestly, everybody that I've ever wanted to interview for boxing. And the, the sport has changed. I still love it. I still support it. The good pieces yeah. of it. But my life has taken a different turn. So, right. yeah. you know, with everything going to... on in the country, I want yeah. to bring right. on guests um, that are moving humanity forward. So that's where we are with the show. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah. and it sounds like you're having fun, and that's important. you got you yes. got to enjoy yeah. what you're
0: doing. Got to enjoy what and... you're doing. When is Hey, Ray, when is that going to happen for us? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. We have no, to keep it. It's a it, labor Bill.
0: of love, right? That's what It's a labor of love. We have to keep at it, yeah. I have to say something before I forget it. Um, It's about Trump, and I absolutely you 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 uh, described it pretty well, Brad. And for me, I never was a Trump fan, but I but my I tried to be sympathetic to people that had voted for him in two thousand sixteen. But after the things that happened when we got to two thousand and twenty, I just yeah yeah you know what I mean. I was
2: no, I I I absolutely understand. I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, see, that's why a talking point, Adam Kinzinger of Illinois and Liz Cheney, they don't get any credit with me. And I'm going to tell you why, because, you know, the left, wherever you are, I I actually I'm trying to be. I'm an independent, believe it or not. I was a Democrat. I was a Democrat. I was a Republican till Trump. I changed from Democrat to Republican for a short period of time till they put him up as a nominee. Sure. I, I, when they when they ran him, if they if they would have ran John Kasich, I probably would have voted for John Kasich, or, or John or John McCain. Right. Well, if John McCain was still alive, or right. John McCain, yeah, right, right. John McCain, sure. right. Yep. But sure, um, I was not. I was. I vote. I did vote for Hillary because I was not going to waste my vote and vote for, Even though I wasn't a huge Hillary fan, I wasn't going to vote for Trump. But the right. problem was like with Kinsler and Cheney. After all he did, and you're still going to vote for him, and they both voted for him in 2020. And right. if the exactly. January sixth insurrection wasn't enough to was stop with Donald Trump, because and, and I and I'm and I'm look, I'm a military guy. I support the troops, but I'm I don't pull any punches. I say it about my own community, which is the military. If you're a military person, and this is how I feel, and not a lot of it's not popular, but it's how I feel, and I stand by it. If you're a military person, a veteran, now active duty. You can go in a booth and vote for, it's a secret thing. No one knows who you're voting for. But veterans and retirees, which I'm one of, if you're still with Trump after January 6th, to me, for me, you negate your service because you're you're siding with a traitor. I mean, you're you're saying treason to the country is okay. That was white domestic terrorism, men and women, that attacked the Capitol to do bad things. And the fact that people are minimizing it—the Lauren Bobarts and the Marjorie Taylor Greens and Trump himself—who spun it up—come on, it's it's insanity. If you're okay, look, just today's today's Sunday. Yesterday, this is fact. I only talk in facts when it comes to politics. In Crown Point, which is that we live in Winfield, but it's Crown Point address, Crown Point, Indiana, in the Crown Point Center, which is an old building where they used to have uh, John Dillinger was here. They held him in a prison, a jail, and he broke out. And they have a little uh, uh, uh building that was the courthouse and all that. Just yesterday, they had people with signs. This the election was stolen, which it was not. Uh, still, they had a flag. Still, still, hey, still, still, still but but see, still. and I won't, I won't, I just I won't curse because we can't curse. So, but I'll say what the flag said, but I won't say it all So the flag said F. Joe Biden, and under the flag. It said, and if you voted for him, f you 2 Okay, let me wow. let me be brutally honest here. Go. If Joe Biden would have lost this election fair and square, I would have not been happy. I would have fought against Trump his second term, but I would have never said the election was stolen. I would never condone people with Biden signs in their yard like they have out here and all through the United States saying the election was stolen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Biden is our president. It's not Trump. Look, he wasn't. He was the. He was the president. I had no respect for the office. the only Republican and Democratic president in my lifetime that when he came in, I no longer respected the office because he defecated on the office. Yeah. I called it the QVC house instead of the White House because he pitched products out of it. It was disgusting. Yeah. But he lost the election, and these people are still with it. And the other flag that they had, and this is true. I'm not saying it to be funny. Was Donald Trump. 2024, JFK Jr. Yeah, I saw that. Now, in in <laughs> what universe? Yeah, and first of all, he was a Democrat. First of all, know, he was a Democrat. I know. So, so guys, you, you're the comedy part of this show. Yeah, I know. So we I guess, can't I make this when you come back. We could when make you this come up. back from the dead. No. Yeah, when you come back from the dead, you you are no longer a Democrat, and you're an angry Democrat now because yeah. he pissed off and, that he was dead. And you 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 realize that. Q is some
1: college kid that's doing this as his uh, you know, his, his it's an it's an experiment for him to see how he can manipulate people to believe the wackiest crap that he can He's think done. of. And he laughs every day at how yes. he manipulates people. Yeah,
2: and this is, who and, Q and, is. And, 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 and And here's the thing: the former president, the former guy, as I call him petulant child in chief, yep. stands behind a bully pulpit and gives legitimacy. First of all, it wasn't it bad enough. I was stationed in South Korea in 2002, from January 02 to January uh, 2003. His father was in charge. I, I reenlisted on the bridge of no return. It's called the DMZ. When you look through, you go up in a DMZ. You look through um, a telescope, and there's a fake city that makes it look like it's you know sta- it's it's high tech. It's there. Cor- North Korea is probably in worse shape than Russia is as far as controlling the people. Well, he Mm -hmm. took Kim Jong-un, a dictator, a murderous dictator who kills people if they disagree with him, starves people, and has people worshiping the ground he walks on and put him on the same level as the president of the United States. He did the same thing with the Proud Boys when he was debating Joe Biden, then.
1: Yeah, yeah. When he said,
2: give me a name, give me a name. Proud Boys, Proud Boys, stand back and stand by or stand down or whatever. No, stand back and stand by. Yeah, he he gave Q. He said, "Well, I don't know what Q is, but I hear there. You know, you know his favorite talking point. Oh, yeah, but I a hear lot of people, people are saying. Are saying that <laughs> yeah. they're against pedophiles, and I guess that's not a bad thing. Well, right. no, it, it, they're they're against because you know there's been talk that he's a pedophile, but nothing nothing sticks to this guy. When I have know. you ever yeah. seen anybody? I, I'll give you guys a perfect example of talking point. Gary Hart, Monkey Business, 1987, front runner for the Democratic nomination. Remember him? Go ahead. Yeah, I we know. So, Go ahead. so Jessica, Jessica Hahn, I think, was the one that was yep. sitting on his lap. They see no. that. Who was it? Jessica Who?
1: It was it wasn't Jessica Hahn. It was the other one. Flower? Jessica Hahn was Jessica Hahn was fooling around with the pastor. Okay, um, okay.
2: Oh, yes. Jim, but you're was thinking, it Jim Baker? Jim, Jim, Jim Baker. Say that again. Was it Jim Baker
1: that she was fooling around with? Right. Jessica okay. Hahn was fooling around with Jim Baker, but I know who you're talking about. Okay, so the one, um, okay, I can't think of who it is.
2: Um, yeah, Gary Hart and hours, this, is, this woman. This woman, he gets right. caught. He's no longer the front runner. The caucus gets the nomination. That's the end of his career. That's I mean, that's the end yeah. of him. He, that's it. Trump attacks John McCain. Look, I didn't agree with all of John McCain's policies, but I will say this. I thought he cared about this country, and he was yep. a 100% because I worked for six months uh, it was it was classified then. Declassifying it was a, it was a Senate uh, committee uh, um, um, tour of duty for six months. Declassifying POW MIA documents, prisoner of war missing in action documents. So I was the declass- because I had a clearance. I was declassifying. I was one of many declassifying these documents for six months. I saw these documents and what these p- people went through. Like Admiral Stockdale, who was Ross Perot's VP, he was a prisoner of war, and yeah. McCain was in a Hanoi Hilton for, I believe, five and a half years. He could have got out earlier because his father was a full uh, admiral, Navy admiral. He let people go before him that were there longer, and he could not even lift up his arm to comb his hair. Well, this guy comes along and says, I like my war heroes not captured. Right then and there, it should have been the end of his run. Forget that he came down the escalator and said, Mexicans are rapists and murderers, but I'm sure there's some good ones. But you know what he did? that percentage that still follows him because that's 62 million plus voted for him the first time, 74.2 the second time. He got the most votes ever yeah. for it for a president in office, 12 plus million more people decided to vote for him after what you said earlier, all the horrible things he did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it's time to take another break. We'll be right back. This is Arnold,
1: and you're listening to Pull Yourself to Pieces, the podcast that finds the humor from the inside and out. Arnold, is it a tumor? It's not a tumor. Hey, catch a brand new episode every Wednesday. Hasta la vista, baby.
2: I want, I, I'm serious, I, I really do try to be fair and done. I want a two-party system. I don't want the one party to get everything they want. I left the Democratic Party because I started making decent, real good money, and I was like, I'm getting killed on taxes here. You know, I, I'm all for, you know, I, I tell people I'm, I'm liberal on social issues, I'm pro-choice, but I'm more, I'm more conservative on spending, defense spending. I'm for program. I believe in a hand right. up, not a hand out. Yeah. Constantly are getting everything for free. Somebody's got to pay for it. That's what drove me nuts with Bernie. Everything is, we're going to give (laughs) everything away. You can't give everything away. Who's going to pay for this? And and, and I'll give you another point. It drove me nuts. Look, when Bernie kept saying the top 1%, the top 1%, it's like with Bernie... If you're in the top 1%, you say you work your whole life or, or half of your whole life and you become a billionaire because you worked your tail off and yep. you did it You did it honestly. Right. All the thing I'm going to say is pay your fair share fair in taxes fair. like there everybody and take share. care of your employees. If you have a business, pay your employees sure. a living wage. Sure. But the top 1% shouldn't have to pay for the other 99%. I don't agree with that logic. It's no, not I don't fair. No. I, and Bernie drove me nuts with that. So I left the Democratic Party and I became a Republican for a very short time. And then when Trump was nominated, I'm like, I'm done. So <laughs> yeah, you now, got nowhere now else to go. Right, there was nowhere else to go, so I was independent. Now, yep. if you you know, if somebody would ask me, well, who who do you lean more towards? Of course, I lean more towards the Democrats, but they drive me nuts too because they don't do things yeah. that they they right. should be doing. Right. And to be honest with you, they have an opportunity of a lifetime because I honestly I don't feel there is a Republican Party left. Because, you know, when I had Anthony on, if you saw the show, I said, Anthony, let's be honest, Jack Kemp, Papa Bush, um, uh, um, a young Bob Dole, they would have never, I'm not saying policies, again, policies for your viewers, we can debate policies. Sure. But they would never allow a Marjorie Taylor Greene, a Lauren Bobart, a Madison yep. Cawthorn in a wheelchair, who's the yep. biggest jag off. Um, yeah. Matt Gates. Now, if Matt Gates would have been a Democrat, gentleman, he would have been out. Tom Frank. I'm um, Tom. Um, Tom Frank. Yeah. Al Franken. Al Franken. Al Franken. Yeah. I'm not condoning what he did with the woman grabbing. You know, doing the thing. Yeah. He was wrong, but yeah. he was out over that. You got guys that were sleeping with underage girls. They don't care.
1: Yeah. Right. I, I I think
2: the access the Access
1: Hollywood tape should have put should the have kibosh on. Should have ended it. And when think. it didn't, I think we all went "uh-oh, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. country did a, an "uh-oh." yeah. Well, look, yeah,
2: as, as somebody, I'm, I'm sure you've had um, people in your family serve in, in, in probably World War II and, and beyond my, my dad
1: birth. my father, my dad served in World War II, and they called him back, they called him back for Korea, and he went. See?
2: So World War yep. II, my grandfather was in World War This is the Italian side. The Campanellos, Joseph Campanello, World War II in the army during the war. And my great-grandfather, Amantia, Francis Amantia Frank, was in World War I. This guy went to Helsinki in 2017, stood next to Putin. This is fact. Stood next to Putin, and when he said, when they, the reporter asked him about him meddling in election, which was proven that he did meddle in the election, right. he says, yep. I asked Putin if he meddled in election, he told me he didn't, and, and I believe him. He should have, he should have, Air Force One, Air Force One should have left his orange bloated, you know what, derriere, yeah. over in Helsinki, yeah. and said, Mike Pence, even though I'm not a fan of Mike Pence either, Yeah, the fly knew where it was landing because of you know what, you know, flies are attracted to you know what, but, yes. um, they should have said, Pence, you're now president. You're, you're now not, president. You're not coming. Yeah. We're pulling your citizenship, Trump. I mean, who yeah. does that? The DNI, yeah. which was Dan Colts at the time, sat there yeah. and was in shock that he would say that. And look, I've worked <laughs> in intelligence. I'm not going to tell you everything we've done as a country. A we've yeah. done things Things always right. We don't always Nine. do things right. But to sit in another country with no Republican before would ever said Russia is our friend. And he never... Called white supremacy out, and he never called Putin out.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's because he's he's indebted to Putin. I'm sure he's been laundering money for Putin for decades. And and Trump, we all know, is a racist you know and a white supremacist. Yes, he we is. all know this. Yes, you know, it's obvious.
2: So, well, look, John, you're Italian, right? You said family from yeah, Sicily, right? We both
1: are. Right, yeah. both
2: are. I'm. I'm uh, I tell people. Um, my father was Jewish. He was bar mitzvah. I wasn't. I was brought up Catholic. My mother's side is the Italian side. And I used to tell people, I don't know if you can still say this joke, but I'm going to say it. I don't believe in cancer culture for it. completely. So the, the joke when I used to do book signings, they, they'd ask you about stuff. And I say, Look, I'm Jewish and Italian. I said, What does that mean? I said, Well, it means I like expensive things, which is the Italian side, at a discount, which is the Jewish side. So it covers both sides of the family. <laughs> period. Sure. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Exactly, I like.
1: But I like
2: that. Right. So, but you have Italians that yeah. love Trump, and they forgot that when we came, when my both of my sides, of Jews and the Italians came. Russian Jews came from Kiev. Italians came from Naples and and uh, Calabria. I think that's how you say it. Calabria. Wait, wait, wait yeah, hold on, so, Wait, back right. up. Stop.
1: Stop. You have you have relatives from Calabria. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, so do we. We're so half we? and half. We're See, half. Yeah. We're, yeah, the father's yep. side, our father's side is from Calabria, yep. and yep. the mother's side is from is from Sicily. Like wow, that. small world! That's amazing. Yep.
2: yep. I, what do they say? Cal, cal? I'm probably going to say it wrong. Cal, Calabrese bouchets. Calabrese. Cal, the cal, yeah, the
1: Calabrese. Cal, yeah. Right. Right. Calabrese. Calabrese. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. Calabrese. <laughs> so I have family both. So both my family came through Ellis Island. Uh, sure. My father's so Island. did ours. Yeah. yeah. Right. And my and my grandmother's parents came from Italy. They migrated. So when italians came we were they were called derogatory things wop yep. which was without papers that's what that without that papers from, right right yep. and and other things you had what sacco sacco vanzetti i think were hung sacco and vanzetti yep. were hung we were spit yep. on we were treated as second-class citizens italians yep. so we forgot right. how trump is treating people now but uh, but a lot of italians run with Trump. Like when Anthony says the things that he says, and Anthony's still a Republican. He's still a Republican. He didn't change parties yet. But he doesn't right. back a lot of their their platform. Sure. So when he says a lot of things that he says, I look at his Twitter feed because we follow each other on Twitter. He's called a mutt. He's called a dog. He's all of these things. Like Robert, Robert De Niro. Let's take Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro used his platform. Now you have every right not to like what he said and he has every right to say what he said. But yes. when he said F Trump at the Emmys, I think it was the Emmys, all yep. the people that used to be able to quote his lines, you're talking to me, you couldn't put me down, Ray. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a yeah. little bit, you know. Yeah. Now he's a mutt, a dog, and everything else because they can say what they want, but the other side can't say what they want. Now that's hypocrisy. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. it is. We're seeing it in real time right now. We're seeing Trump hypocrisy said, right now. And Trump I said just... the most
2: evil stuff that ever was said behind. Yes. Look, look what he <laughs> yes. just did. With Colin Powell, you saw the letter that he released a couple last yeah. month on oh, letterhead. Yeah. Now, look, yeah. let's be, I'll be fair. Maybe there was people that felt like he was a rhino, as they call him, Republican name or whatever. Yeah. But no president sitting president would have said that publicly. They would right. honor his right. service and right. bit their tongue and done the right thing. Bush right would have thing. done yeah. it. But Reagan would have done it. Eisen, yep. They all would have done it. Now in private, they might have said, "I didn't like Colin Powell," which I did. But I'm just saying. Now it might have leaked out through a book, a future book, or it might have leaked out through an aide. But they would have never went on their letterhead or behind the bully pulpit or attacked John McCain when he died. The flag was at half mast. He took it all the way back to the top, and they had to make him take it down. That's that's disgusting. It to is me.
0: disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sh- it's a but shame like you said earlier that. Brad, that we don't have our no I feel like we don't have the two party system anymore. We don't. There's we don't. there's such a fear of Trump that the the the, the you know the the, the legitimate- Republicans are cow
2: Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, but you know why they're doing it? They're doing it for his base because here's a right. guy I here's know. A, and yeah. and here's the thing and here's the thing. I and I, I like I said I try to be as fair on my show as i possibly can donald trump is a stupid stupid man ted cruz is not stupid mitch mcconnell they do stupid things they say stupid things and they manipulate the system because they're greedy and they want power ted cruz is a civil lawyer who was one of the best they said at what he did mitch mcconnell's been in power i think over 30 years um these other people that are Republicans, they're not stupid. They know that the election wasn't stolen. Of they course know they know. Well so does Trump. That it's insanity. And, Trump, and so does Trump. They're willing to made- kiss he- his rent for his base. Yeah, yep.
1: that yep. right. Th- right. Yep. They they see a block of 75 million people that they figure they could swing over to their side and that they'll back yeah. them.
2: And but and, and here's the thing, gentlemen. As much as I despise Trump, and actually I don't despise I hate him. I'm not gonna lie, I said on my show I hate him. But I hate him for what he's done to this country. And we and look, I am a realist. This country was never great. So that MAGA, make America great again, who are we making it greater again? Because we just said Italians weren't treated right at one time. Right. African Americans are still not treated right. Right. You got the LGBTQ community that still isn't treated right. Right. You have Irish people that weren't treated right. You have people yep. that built this country was Native built American on, on foreigners that built this country. You have yep. a guy that comes down. And puts kids in cages, you'll never hear me say that we don't have an immigration problem at the border because we do. But putting kids in cages and separating from their parents and some will never be reunited? No, that was not the answer. And Jeff Sessions was part of that. And good old Jeff Sessions, who— D- did one thing right. He recused himself because he knew that the Russians were involved and he had contact yep. with him. And Trump hated him from that day. De- but we—they forgot all of this stuff. See, facts don't work in their world. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs>
0: And they and they, they short assume memory. that we forget because we seem to forget things too. That's what happens. Yeah, well, because oh, you know why?
2: Think. Well, we forget things because you know why we forget things? Because let's be honest, news cycles. You both are in the media world now with your podcast show. News sure. cycles yeah. are twenty. Usually, we're twenty-four to forty-eight hour cycles. Trump, no BS. were f- like three minutes. He would do something. And then right. Five minutes later, right. and he was. How can train, you keep up with you all? You can't keep, keep up. up. Look. President Biden signed the infrastructure bill the other day. One of the biggest things in probably the last 50 years where one thing that Republicans and Democrats, you can debate the, the price tag. I'm cool with that. I wish both sides would take the pork, the, the, the fat out of it. You know, you get this, you get that. Yeah, and all we that. all do. Right. Yep. And they all, both sides do it. They're guilty of it. Yep. But yep. Yep. it still got signed, even though I'm tired of mansion and cinema, but it still got signed. What was the lead story Steve Bannon, Steve Bannon was the lead story <laughs> right. for all right. I will not watch CNN anymore. I'm tired of CNN. Steve Bannon was the lead story. The lead story should have been the infrastructure bill and people breaking it down. So that when the Democrats, right. because they have terrible messaging, people should have yep. been on TV breaking it down for people to understand this is what we're doing for the American people. But the media would rather sensationalize it and put Steve, which I, I call him paramecium because he looks like a paramecium. Bannon <laughs> and Anthony. I have to give credit to Anthony Scaramucci. He says he dresses in contemporary hobo. That's what Anthony said <laughs> on my show, which yeah, is that, true. That, he, that about look, covers it. Yeah, yeah. And and look, Steve Bannon's probably got more money than three of us will ever have. He's he's yeah. rich. He's, plus the money that he stole that he got a pardon for.
1: Yeah, but, but build you know, the wall his, All the it, all the money he skimmed off of that scam.
2: Yep, and and Trump. Look at the people with Trump pardon, Michael Flynn. Michael Flynn is a traitor to this country. He should be tried, lose his rank, and be put in prison and lose his retirement. This guy wanted Trump to declare martial law. He knows that it wasn't stolen. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm talking about generals. General Mattis, and he is the only one, and this is me talking, my opinion, of course. General Mattis was the only one that he put in his cabinet That I had respect for. I served with him, but not closely, but I was, you know, same year. So I knew people that knew him. He cared about the troops. He was never fired by President Obama, like Trump said. That's not true. He he put his paperwork in. They might have got into it, but he he retired, which a lot of times that happens. Yeah, He was Mad Dog before Trump ever said Mad Dog, which they proved he did not nickname him. and Trump did not fire him. They showed the letter. He resigned. Trump pissed him off. If you remember, early on, they had the roundtable, and Trump, you know, suck up to the dictator, Trump, and Mike Pence yep. was over there. Oh, Mr. President, it's an honorable lifetime, and God sent you, and, you know, and this one, that one. When Janice was asked, he said, it was an honor, it's an honor to serve the troops. Not Trump, the troops. Because he was a secretary uh, of defense. That was his job. He didn't have fealty yeah. to Trump. Yeah. And people forget this. They forget this. Yeah. yeah. No.
0: Listeners, we'll be back in a flash after this message.
1: Have you recently moved out to the country and find you can't sleep because it's too quiet? The folks at hyperactive laboratories have a solution. The noise machine. An alarm clock that you can custom program to make sounds as you sleep. Miss the inner city? Listen to gunshots, sirens, car crashes, loud drunks, and more. Miss the sounds of the suburbs? Listen to dogs barking, couples arguing about the babysitter, lawn sprinklers, and Mercedes-Benz car alarms. There is a setting for every lifestyle. Now you can sleep with all the noise that you've come to know and love. The noise machine. Find us in the Sharper Image Catalog. Are you, um, are you feeling better, Brad? It sounds like you're getting a lot of it out. <laughs> are you feeling good? You're getting I'm a lot of it better. out.
2: I, I want yeah. you to know 25 minutes ago I laid down on the couch. <laughs> good, good for you which one which one of you is billy crystal because i want to we want we need to make a sequel to analyze that <laughs> it might
1: as well be bill you might as well let bill do that yeah, one
0: probably me yeah
1: <laughs> oh man well you you echo basically every single thing that what my brother and i talk about where we are all in agreement with what you have to say sure. hands down without a doubt we and don't always we, get
0: what do it on this show but uh and we
1: don't always get because we we Try and not get political, but you know every now and then you you've got to you gotta come out and say what's right, right. and I think what, I think what really hurts the most is that all of us, all three of us are from New York, and yeah. so is Trump and so I think that's what hurts the most is that we have a New Yorker here that has messed up this country for four years plus he he's still screwing it up, and I We're think that hurts sure. the most. Sure.
2: Well, it does, but you know, you know but you know what's this, You know what's really disgusting on top of everything else is honestly, Republican or Democrat, I don't care. You know, whichever way your viewers go, I'm I'm fine with Republicans. That and I I always say, just not this guy, not Trump. But we've never had an ex president ever. George Bush. Look, you, whether you like him or not, I'm going to give him credit in one area. He never, and you know, he was probably. Ninety-nine percent against everything that President Obama did, but he never opened his mouth. And when pre- and he has a legitimate friendship with Michelle Obama. And when it came time for ex-presidents to go, like on nine eleven and different yeah. things, yeah. President Bush was there. President Carter, before he got sick, he yep. was there. Yep. President, yep. you know, President Ford, when he was alive, they all. You will never see Trump. And even though, and 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 this is fact. No, it's not required to have a peaceful transition of power. And it's not required for a former president to go to an inauguration. And I believe the last time it didn't happen uh, for my research was in the 1800s. So obviously way before social media and everything where it's in your face. But we have norms in this country. And norms are you release your tax returns, especially if you're not hiding anything. Norms Ah. are... Right. You lose and you concede. You right. don't yep. say the election yep. is stolen and right. take yeah. the country down right. with you when every case you had but one was thrown out. And that Mameluke, yep. Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> was People Magazine or Time Magazine Man of the Year. He had clout out the Wackamazoo. Now yep. is a laughing joke Everything all stopped. behind yeah. Trump.
0: Yep. Yeah.
2: He yeah. threw it all away behind Trump.
1: Well, you know, it's like what they say. Everything Trump touches turns dies. to crap.
2: It dies. And it's it's so true. Call it dies. It's, and he throws everybody. Look, I heard him say one time that when he gets out of the presidency, he's going to take his business back over and he's going to do better than his kids. I mean, it's, it's not even funny. Who doesn't want their kids to be better than us? We want our kids to be better than us. Not yeah, this guy. Not, the, no, he's not a he's a, 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 a sure. narcissistic misogynist. So curious. If you
0: had the opportunity to interview Trump on your show, would you do it?
2: I'm going to answer that question 100% yeah. honestly, because I've actually addressed that. Huh. I would 100 million percent, and I will put $100,000 down bet that I would do it. <laughs> and I said on your show, so you got me. I'm not Lindsey Graham who said, and use my <laughs> words against me. <laughs> I would yeah. absolutely interview him. And I promise you the very first question, I don't know what it would be, he would get up and he would walk out because I would not let him over talk me. I would not let him lie. I would stop him every single time. When Don Lemon interviewed him on uh, CNN in 2015, he looks at Don Lemon and he says... I am the least racist person you'll ever. meet. First of all, how do you <laughs> quantify? How do you even quantify who's the least racist person that you could ever meet? How do you quantify yeah. that?
1: No, you can't. No.
2: <laughs> because look, let's be honest. We all have our um. I don't not race. We all have our, our um. Not racist. Say it. Term? It's
1: the truth. No. no, no,
2: no, no, not racist. The other word. We all have our um. There's a word I can't think of it. Uh, it's not racist. Prejudicisms. Yeah, we all have our we all have some type of so maybe praise, but that's not the word. I can't think of the word. No, I know. Strip. I know what you, you mean. Know, all our, 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 our little things that we that we may b- believe or feel, and it may be right, it may be wrong. No, it's not racism. It's another word. And I cannot think of it right now. Debbie would correct me if she was here. But that's all right. You You know, know, this this is live. So you've got time to think of it. No, I don't care. You can put it in. But yeah, but honestly, no, I would absolutely interview him. And I want every news media outlet because I would be right down the middle with him. I would not allow him to spew his BS. Okay, he would not be able to tell me that in the 70s, him and his father, Fred, didn't put C or N for colored or Negro on uh, apartment applications and you know it's bad when the Nixon administration because they've had Nixon on tape being racist when the Nixon administration investigates you you know you got a problem and that's yeah. true that's the truth yeah. and and yeah. I'm gonna tell you something I would take Nixon over Trump he could break into 82 different watergates and I might <laughs> even help him break into a Watergate to take yeah. him over I take G Gordon Liddy and the crew over Trump Because you you took somebody, you took somebody that had no business being the president. He had, what, six bankruptcies. He ran this country like he ran his business. And even when he had the one success that he had on The Apprentice, it was because he had producers. You're fired wasn't even his line. The office wasn't even his office. They had to build his office because his office was a dump. So all (laughs) of that was fake
0: wow yeah and there yeah. you go
2: yeah but no there i would i would love the chance i would love i would in fact I, i'll do you one better i'll, I'll piggyback all shit. not only would i like to interview donald trump i would like to interview mike pence i would like to interview um donald trump jr and the daughter all and and jared all of them because i think them and how about nepotism when nepotism in the White House, but if you brought him into your business, they say, "Oh, you can't do that, guys. You, you, you can't right. bring your that's nepotism." Right. right. He, he gave Jared. Jared basically was in charge of everything. In fact, everything. you should ask yes. Jared. You should ask Jared. Has he been to Area Fifty One because he ran everything else? <laughs> yeah. It's the truth, but I mean, it's funny, but it's, remember, it's not yeah. the truth. Funny but true. Right. He's gonna yes, fi- He's gonna true. fix the Middle East. Why? Because he walks around in his bar mitzvah suit that's too small. He was gonna fix yeah. all the problems in the Middle East. It's insane. <laughs> oh bad. No, yeah. he
1: didn't hire the best people. That's the thing. No, he didn't. He, he
2: lied. Dra- drain the swamp? Oh, he drained oh, the swamp. It was a lie? No. And, and you know, and yeah. the, the, one other, the one other talking point on that we're talking about with Trump is, I always tell people, stop. He did not start racism and misogyny in this country. No, against he, didn't. Women. he didn't. But what he did was he gave it voice. He gaslighted it. Yep. He, yep. He, he used the bully pulpit, the most powerful thing in the world, the bully pulpit from the White House to do it. Charlottesville, all of that stuff, yeah. find people on both sides. Now they feel comfortable, but I always remind them Donald Trump to this day is 2030 secret service agents deep. You may not get to him, but you can get to the person that's in your face spewing that stuff. And yeah. they forget that. They think they can say whatever they want because yeah. especially on social media. And how yeah. bad is the president of the United States got banned from social media. Is that not an embarrassment <laughs> to the rest of them? I mean great it's a great thing that happened right. but it's embarrassing. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, this 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 is one for the history books.
2: Yeah. And
1: and yeah. we'll be able to tell our grandchildren how we lived through it. Cuz yeah. they're going to ask questions. What was it like, daddy? What was it like,
0: yeah. grandpa? Unless we oh. forget as humans seem to do. We seem to forget things, you know. That's why we re- yeah, repeat history. That's
2: why I love Rod Serling. Uh I'm friends with his daughter Ann Sterling was on my show. You know, the yeah, Twilight that. Zones that yeah, the Twilight Zone episodes that he wrote are still yeah. relevant today because he talked about these things. He talked yes, about racism. He talked about um greed. He you know, and he was he was prolific. 1959 to 1964, the show ran. And those yeah. episodes are still to this day. You know, that's why you saw a lot of memes on Twitter and Facebook back in the day, yeah. I'm not on Facebook anymore, Which, would, yeah. you know, you stepped into the Twilight Zone. You know, we, we had, we had B, C, and now we're A, D, right? After the death. I'm waiting for yeah. them to change it A, T, after Trump because of what yeah, he's done Trump. to his country.
1: <laughs> and and speak, speaking of the Twilight Zone, you know, that show launched the career of so many uh, actors that we know of today that started on that show before they were anybody famous. That show was way ahead at, of its time. That show, had, had, yeah. That show we, had so many great actors on it. Absolutely,
2: and we just yeah. had one who went into outer space. You know who that is? At the age of ninety.
1: Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. He was on the yeah, one William with the Shatner. Gremlins. On the have plane. you, have Brad? Have you heard William Shatner sing? Oh my
2: God, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. It's you've it's heard so, it. <laughs> it's
1: so bad with the cigarette, Lucy. How about and the sky. how about. Mr. Tambourine Man, have you heard? Oh, Mr. oh yes, Man?
2: I've heard it. Yes, yes.
1: Is that I the funniest the only,
2: thing yes, you've ever I heard think, in your life? <laughs> the funniest thing, I think the only thing equal, not not as bad, but was pretty funny to me, is when Telly Savalas sang.
1: <laughs> I didn't hear that. Yeah, like, what he song the, did he do?
0: I forget what he did, but it was Oh not. my god, it must have been good. Uh, yeah, it, it was so good. There, it probably was like Sebastian Cabot singing. Remember? Oh my God, there, Sebastian Cabot there, from Family, And he was not. Is, by the way,
2: there is a, ooh, Sebastian Cabot. He played the devil.
1: There is a uh, there is a compilation album out there. It's called Golden Throats, and it's it's a bunch of people singing who are not known for singing, and um, and Shatner's on there. Uh, uh, What's his name? Shatner's on there. May West is on there. Uh, you know what? I There's have a a- West. Andy Griffith is on there. Uh, the guy who played uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, can't think of his name right now. Uh, oh, no. uh, Spock is. Oh, Spock Leonard, is Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. is on there singing Leonard, Leonard two songs. Uh, yeah. Sebastian Cabot's on there. Oh wow, uh, singing a couple of songs. This this album is absolutely hysterical. They had the some follow
0: ups to that album. There's like a Golden Throats two and a three.
1: Yeah, oh there's my, a Golden really? yeah, but oh, Golden yeah. Throats one is the best because it's got it's got two songs by Shatner and they're hysterical. Well, and it's you funny find you met, it, listen to
2: it. I am. I'm going to look it up on on um, Amazon. You yeah. mentioned May West. My father was a record collector and uh, he had the May West album on wax. And two of the songs that she did on there was "Great Balls of Fire." And light my fire from Jim Morrison and her Doors. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> yep, Oh May West. Uh, I can't remember the song that she does on the Golden Throats, but it's it's definitely great. It's it's, Check it it's, out. it's hysterical. It's
2: exactly. very very fun. It, it sounds like something yeah. that would have been on the Doctor Demento show back in the day. Right.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yep. yep. And if you want, and you and another great one is the Bob Dylan Christmas album. No, really. Christmas from the heart, it's called. And he does a bunch of traditional Christmas songs, and he has no voice left. It's absolutely oh hysterical. You will <laughs> laugh your ass off, find it, and listen to the whole thing. I actually have a copy of it on CD, and yeah. I, it's Christmas time coming, so I put it on, and it's absolutely hysterical. Uh Definitely, you will enjoy that. That'll give you hours of fun. Awesome. And I think... I think it's time to wrap this up. What do you think, folks? Huh? I think we've had a great show. What do you think? Thoroughly enjoyed uh, it. Yes. Is everybody ready for dinner? I know. So it's um, <laughs> 445 where you are, right,
2: Brad? It's 445. That is correct.
1: 445. So you're getting ready for dinner. So what's on, what's on the menu for tonight?
2: You know what? My best friend since we were seven years old is staying with us uh, from Miami Beach, and he's the chef. He's actually a chef, too. Whatever he makes is good. I don't know what he's making tonight, but whatever it is, it's going to be delicious.
0: That is a lifelong
2: friendship. Wow. Yes, it It, is. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. I um,
1: Yeah. You got uh, any friends left from that age? (laughs) No, you're you're the only person I know from that far back, Bill. You're you're it. You're you're it.
2: Who's older? Say what? Who's older between the two? I of you? am.
1: Uh, I am. Uh, Ray Ray is. I'm older. Yeah. I, I got billed by five years. Yep. And, and um, I'm five years yeah.
0: older than you, Brad. So. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we ha- we have a sister who's gotten a little wacky over the last few years. Oh. Yeah. And uh, and we we really won't mention her name. But no. Um,
2: okay. Well, yeah. I got. It. Let me ask yeah. you a bo- real let me ask you a quick question, both of you gentlemen. Since we did talk about Shoot. boxing, yeah. who's your favorite fighter? Yeah. Both of you. Who's your fi- fighter?
0: Oh, grow! It's it's only going to be for me. It's going to be growing up. It was as I was growing up. It's it's probably going to be Ali because I was at an, an age where I saw all those fights in the seventies, and that's what I kind of remember. And that was right where, where that was that was the most impressionable to me. And yeah. um, I I I guess I I liked his personality. It was you know it was <laughs> it was the way it was. And yeah. yeah, for me, it was it was Ali and. I just I found myself now that I didn't like boxing in the eighties, but um, I didn't follow I didn't follow it as much as I sort of sort of followed it in the seventies. How about you, Ray?
1: Oh yeah, well uh, my first memory of watching any boxer fight at all was Ali. I remember he was on TV at least once a month. You know, (laughs) Channel Seven, Wide World of Sports, um, and he and they put everybody in front of him. And uh, I I think I think you were drawn to Ali. Like Billy said, his personality, he was just magnetic and, and he loved the sport and he gave the sport legitimacy. And it's funny for a guy um, yeah. who was, for a guy who was nonviolent and really didn't even want to serve. He sure beat the hell out of a lot of people. So, yeah,
2: yeah, um, yeah, so there you know was what? that. Yeah, that's true. And you know, send a talking point on that real quick. He gave up, he he didn't go and they stripped him of his, his belt and he stripped him of his livelihood but he came back and he fought Jerry Corey, who you mentioned earlier. Yeah. He did it because of his religious beliefs. So he gave up everything. Trump was a five draft deferment. His daddy paid where yeah. it was, it was first it was school, then it was bone spurs. And if you ask him where the bone spurs are, which is a pretty painful thing to have, he can't tell you where the bone spurs are. And and here's the thing yeah. there was a lot of people that didn't go to the Vietnam War. And to be honest with you, we had no business there, okay? But you still respect people that got drafted, and you don't spit on them. I didn't agree how troops were treated, and I was I was, in, I was very young when they came back, sure. and some of them sure. came back before I was born. How they were treated when they came back to this country by protesters? Exactly. You could protest the war, yeah. but you don't spit on the troops. There's a big difference. You could protest the war, but not that you don't treat the troops who were hit with Agent Absolutely. Orange or became Absolutely. dope addicts or, or never made it back or whatever. That's not right. Yeah. Well not said, right. Well said. No, we agree. I have a guy who campaigned and he said think about this I leave this this last talking point about the military you had a guy that said we don't win anymore that was one of the things he said during a campaign how insulting is that even look if he would have said I'm gonna get the military the best of the best because we're hurt they need better this they need better uniforms tanks what something you know most politicians said it this guy comes along who never served and he says we don't win anymore well we had troops in Afghanistan we had troops in harm's way so what does that do for their morale but nobody talks about these yeah. things sure. nobody says anything when he says it that's horrible to the troops yeah. That, yeah. that are downrange fighting yeah. you don't yeah. say that coming from, oh, and coming from the same guy that said let's, let's not forget this famous quote yeah. I know more than the generals
1: yeah <laughs> and what's got to really hurt is this is the commander in chief He's G- the G- ultimate commander for everybody serving. And he says yeah. that? That's a slap yeah. in the face.
2: Yeah, well, he saluted a helicopter. Remember when he came back after COVID and he walked up the stairs? like. But, but they call him a, um, Cheeto or Orange Orange Mussolini or whatever they nickname they got. Yeah, right. And right. he walks up and he's, oranges can be, I mean, he's like bronze orange. And he rips the mask off because, you know, let's not wear a mask early on and set that. You know, why should I set the example? I'm just the president. And he salutes the helicopter. Well, I was in for, like I said, 20 years, 28 days. We don't salute helicopters. That's not what we salute. And we don't salute, which is a picture of it. You can look it up. He saluted a a communist North Korean officer. He saluted him, too. We don't salute communist people. We we don't do that. But that was Trump. That was true. Yeah. But yeah, Joe, yeah, this was great. It, it, to lay down on the couch and do an hour and a half and get it out—this is wonderful. <laughs> and you didn't have to pay for it. I know, and yeah. I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for a bill. Like I said, we need to do analyze nah. the, the sequel.
1: <laughs> nah, we just we appreciate you very much coming on the show. We really, Brad, do this was and a pl- I, big pleasure. Yeah, this was yeah. a pleasure. This was this was great. Uh, and we and obviously we follow each other on Twitter, so we'll be seeing you there and uh yeah, and yeah, my twitter we handle. wish you we wish you we wish you well yep. in um yes in this in this new thing that you're taking on and we look forward to follow and i i've subscribed to your show so i'm gonna Thank be you. watching some of the, the guests that you get and uh hopefully we can help each other out in the future so again,
2: absolutely brad and, and is- <laughs> one more thing let me, i forgot to say it my publicist will get mad at me uh twitter oh, handle please. is at bad brad rsr is my twitter handle all That's right. my only All right. hope social media platform.
1: All right. I hope everybody out there got it for our five listeners. And uh, <laughs> I like your five listeners. We,
2: I wish we could get comments. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Same here. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, we, we're slowly getting a following. We're only on our 12th show. We've only been doing this for 12 episodes. And, uh, but you know, it, it word, word, word gets around and we, we, we hope we doing something that making people laugh. And again, like I said, it's a labor of love. And again, Thank you so much for coming on the show. We've really enjoyed having you and, um and we'll see you um next time. Hopefully maybe we can do this again and maybe see what happens six months. Something changes. We can uh, get on the show again with you and find out what's happening in your
0: life and follow up.
2: Yes, A- absolutely. Yeah. And, and don't, ev- don't ever think that your humor, you always hear me say about moving humanity forward. Humor is such an important thing to deal with with a lot of what we're dealing with in this country for people not to lose their sanity. And so through your guys' humor, because I've listened to a little, couple of your shows, and you're moving humanity forward. And I thank both of you for doing that as well. Well, thank you. Thank you. We t-
1: we, that means a lot from you. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. All right, everybody. This has been our interview with Bad Brad Berkwit we signing off and saying, um, see you on the next show. You're listening to Pull Yourself to Pieces, the podcast
0: that finds the humor from inside and out. With your host, Ray. And Bill. Catch a brand new episode every Wednesday. Catch? What? Like, like you're
1: fishing? Like you throw your hook out there? Is that what you mean? Like-
0: no, you, you don't. You,
1: you throw your rod. Oh. It's not like catching fish. No. It's like catching flies. Wait. Are we talking baseball?
0: Uh, Well, fly fishing. Well, what frogs do. What frogs do? Catch flies. Yeah, maybe. Please check out our website, pullyourselftopieces.podbean.com, and subscribe to the show in Google and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, TuneIn Radio, or via RSS, so you'll never miss an episode.
1: And if you enjoy our show, don't forget to give us a high
0: rating. And remember to tell your friends about the show. We'll see you next time how can they see us it it's remember it's there's no cameras it's kind of like radio it's a figure of speech a figure what figure
1: yeah a figure what does a figure, a figure have to do figure. with it it's a figure it out wait figure it out huh thanks for listening to our show and thank you to freesounds.org and Gottlieb, Audio Mirage, Plastibrain, Cognito Perceptu, FK Prod, Mirage Hazer, Shadow Wisp, VBoss, Viku Seru, Intra Environmental Sound Project, Julian Nicholas, Carmelo Mike, G Kill Hour, 140178 Sound, CMU Sound Design, Alan MG, Der Super Anton, Eric H2000,
0: Bulbastray, FK Phantom, Ultra Dust, Ada Records, Stuart Colborn DeBroid, Cubadup GJ, Syntax C,
1: Inspector J, Astounded, Madge, 061785, Just Invoke, Short Record, Lorenzo Sue,
2: and Amma Kenzie. Creativecommons.org, slash licenses, slash buy, slash 3.0, slash legal code.